superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined today by Pat Fitzmorris and Derek Brown. Fellas, we are here. We were here a week ago talking... 2024 early ranks for the running backs. Today we are talking 2024 early ranks for the wide receivers. We're going to be going through tier by tier by tier, getting your guys' opinions, where you guys disagree with consensus, where you agree with consensus. Just so anybody listening knows, you can find all of our early 2024 consensus rankings and tiers at fantasypros.com slash rankings. You can, of course, sort standard, PPR, however you want to do, look at various positions. Like I said, today we are talking wide receivers. At the end of the show, we're going to play a little Would You Rather too, pit some names against each other within their own tiers, see who the guys would like to draft. We're going to start, as we always do, with the S tier, the absolute cream of the crop. There are four names here, much like in the running back show. The four names here, Tyree Kill at one, CeeDee Lamb at two, Justin Jefferson at three, and Jamar Chase at four. And we've got a big discrepancy right at the top after his amazing 2023 season. Tyreek is number one in the early consensus rankings. He's also number one for Fitz, but Debro doesn't even have him in his top four. What's the thought process here, Debro? I mean, just looking at Reek going into his year 30 season, I'm not saying that he's going to fall off the map. I have him a wide receiver five. I'm not insane. But the way that I look at this top tier, I don't think that it should it should be a four-person race. I think it's a five-person race. It's a clown car. It's five guys. And I think that whatever order you want to put C.D. Lamb, who is my wide receiver one right now, and Justin Jefferson, and I'm going to put Amon Ross St. Brown because we need to put respect on his name in that tier. Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill, whatever order people want to put them in i'm fine with it because they're all really good freaking football players well yeah i think that phrase whatever order is going to come up a lot throughout the course of draft season and particularly in august like when it gets down to crunch time because i think you're going to see a lot of different variations i think mostly at the top four i think st brown will probably be five for most people maybe he gets thrown in there by you know some analysts other than Debro. but that big four hill lamb jefferson chase i think you could make a compelling case for any of them i think you're going to hear compelling cases for any of them fitz what do you think about this overall tier Yeah, this is the elite tier and really the only guy I would want to have more from another position than any of these four wide receivers would be Christian McCaffrey. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Debro's take on Tyreek Hill, apparently, you know, now that he's going to be 30, Debro thinks Tyreek Hill is going to be a a four, seven (laughs) speed guy. Uh, No, I'm I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just kidding you, Debro. No, and I, I realize like, 2024 is not 2023 and we're uh we're trying to skate to where the puck is going not where it's been and Debro's trying to play Wayne Gretzky here but two years in Miami Tyreek Hill has averaged 106 receiving yards per game 7.2 catches a game that system is going to be pretty static we we like the offense uh with Mike McDaniel we like how things have gone with Tua and Tyreek so Man, it's hard to put anyone else above him for me. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Fitz, about like, okay, so Tyreek Hill is the fastest player in the NFL. If he takes a step back, he drops to merely one of the fastest players in the NFL in an offense that is designed to take advantage of his speed. It's still going to be a very good situation. Do you agree, Debro, that take set aside Christian McCaffrey, this is the top of the first round, and I'll even include St. Brown for you, is that your top six picks is McCaffrey and then those five? Yeah, I mean, I think that you, I think it's McCaffrey and those t- and those top guys. I do think that there are interesting cases. Not getting this too much into running backs right now, but I do think that there are interesting cases depending on what we see this off season. I think there's an interesting cra- case for Brees Hall to be in that conversation as well as B. John Robinson. But I don't disagree that the other wide receivers are firmly inside of that top ten at least. 
DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. We've got a killer divisional round on the docket this weekend. Texans, Ravens, and Packers 49ers on Saturday. Then on Sunday, we've got Bucks, lions and of course, the game of the weekend, that's Chiefs-Bills. That matchup in Buffalo has the Bills laying a couple of points at home against their nemesis Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. That game is going to be amazing. So however you plan to bet these matchups, remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 100 68 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Guys, let's move to the A tier here. At the top, number five is Amon Ross St. Brown. Then we've got number six, A.J. Brown. Number seven, Garrett Wilson. Number eight, Puka Nakua. And wide receiver nine is D.J. Moore. Fitz, you like D.J. Moore better than Debro does. You have D.J. Moore at wide receiver seven. Debro's got him down in tier three, actually at wide receiver 14. So, Fitz, I want to ask you, do you think the quarterback decision in Chicago is going to play a role in how you evaluate D.J. Moore going into 2024? I don't think it's going to change it too much whether they decide to stick with Justin Fields or take Caleb Williams and deal Justin Fields away. And really, I don't think this is that crazy a ranking considering that DJ Moore was wide receiver six and half point PPR scoring this past season. So wide receiver seven doesn't seem like it's too far flung. And here's a dude who has topped 1,100 yards in four of his last five seasons despite never having played with a truly prolific passer. I like Justin Fields, but he averaged fewer than 200 passing yards per game this past season. So, um, man, talk about an alpha receiver. DJ Moore, a 28.5% target share in 2023, and he had 39.9% of the Bears' receiving yardage, which is just insane. I mean, he his presence basically turned Darnell Mooney to dust this year. So, um yeah, he is an alpha and uh, just a, a stud. I, I know I don't have to convince you, Worm. He's a Maryland Terrapin. So, um, <laughs> yeah, wheels up for DJ Moore. The correct the correct phrase is he's a he a terp is how uh, how we usually put that. D bro, why do you so unequivocally despise DJ Moore? <laughs> oh God, here we go. Here we go. Just gaslighting me to eternity. I do not hate DJ Moore. I've got him at wide receiver 14. Really, this comes down to a little bit of uncertainty with the quarterback situation. But the other side of this is, does Chicago use one of those top picks on a wide receiver? Because as good as Cole Komet was this last year, I mean, Pat just talked about it. Darnell Mooney was not great. Like, if you got rid of DJ Moore in this passing attack, there was basically nothing. You had Cole Komet and a big old pile of nothing in this passing attack. So, could they use one of those top picks to also draft a wide receiver, quarterback uncertainty? Plus, this also comes down to the way that DJ Moore accrued all of his, or at least a lot of his production. We could talk about the awesome target share and all of that and, and what he did as the unquestioned alpha in this passing attack. And all of those points are so true. The other side of it is that DJ Moore, we could talk about, okay, because the big knock on him coming into this last season was he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. Like, yes, he scored nine total touchdowns, 10th most amongst wide receivers this year, but it was off of big plays. Is that sustainable going into 2024 for a player that was 33rd in red zone targets? So he still wasn't a red zone guy. So does the touchdown production fall back to five receiving touchdowns, six receiving touchdowns? And if anything changes in the way that this offense is designed, because yes, it's good that Luke Getzey is gone, but with that, with him leaving, they are going to see a change in the offensive philosophy to be seen. 
I think there are a lot of like questions that I have with DJ Moore going into 2024. So with the change, and I think we would all assume it will end up being an upgrade over Luke Getze, you know, at the offensive coordinator spot. Maybe there's less, you know, crazy volume share for DJ Moore, but maybe a better offense means more scoring opportunities. Could that be could a case be. to have him ranked higher? Yeah, it could be. It and, absolutely. and also maybe he's uh, going to be playing fewer games with Tyson Bajan <laughs> yeah. as his Fair. quarterback Fair. in 2024. So, like, he had this great season with Justin Fields out for several games and playing with this, um, you know, kind of low draft pedigree quarterback. And, uh, Still had a terrific year. Debro, quickly, the guy you are unsurprisingly higher on than Fitz in this tier is Puka Nakua. Uh, you're higher than almost everybody. Andrew Erickson actually one spot higher than you in our early rankings here, uh, but you are higher than pretty much everybody else in the entire industry. You got him wide receiver seven. Fitz has Puka at wide receiver 10, but that's down at the top of tier three, not in tier two. So, Debro, we don't need to spend too much time on Puka. Everybody knows your love affair for Puka Nakua, but the floor is yours. I, I feel like, honestly, we're maybe not giving him enough credit with this worm. I mean, he was wide receiver six in fantasy points per game. We saw as the season played out, Cooper Cup is not the Cooper Cup of old. It's just it is what it is, man. Players fall off. They see their skills degrade a little bit. Puka Nakua, we could see him next year finish as a top three wide receiver. If what we saw at the very beginning of the season, him operating as Cooper Cup in that role in this offense, and I don't think that Matthew Stafford retires this ranking right now for Puka Nakua, while it seems like it's a little bit, a tiny smidge spicy, might honestly not be putting enough respect on Puka Nakua's name. If you, if you take Amonra out of the equation because you already have him in Tier 1, is Puka the guy of this group that you think has the best chance of being a Tier 1 receiver a year from now? Yes. Absolutely yes. Fitz, what are your quick thoughts on Puka? Yeah, no issues with where Debro has him ranked. Like, I think it's really sort of a, a flat tier from about wide receiver seven to about wide receiver 17. Like, the ordering of those for me is probably going to change a lot during the spring and summer. I'll, like, shuffle those guys restlessly. But uh, it's interesting. If, if the Rams draft someone in the fifth round this year with a slow 40 time, we're all going to be paying attention because uh, <laughs> fifth rounders with slow 40s, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, man, like, don't worry about 40-time or draft pedigree. If the Rams draft you, um, you you can still thrive, apparently. Well, that's why uh, late in the, uh, you know, the season in my dynasty leagues, I was picking up Davis Allen everywhere just because I was like, Rams, fifth-round pick? I like, Might <laughs> exactly. as well take a shot. Why not? So we'll see if that uh, ends up panning out uh if you guys need new tires for your car discount tire is your go-to they have exceptional service and you get a 30 percent shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at discounttire.com they have this really cool feature called Treadwell, which is an online tire buying guide that gives you transparency on tire performance, as well as personalized recommendations based on your location and driving habits. Discount Tire is also the largest independent tire retailer in the country, so it has the biggest selection of tires and wheels. And here's a pro tip from the experts at Discount Tire. You can prevent wear and boost gas mileage by keeping your tires properly inflated. Tire pressure supports the weight of your vehicle and is important to check for safety, so if it's been over a month since you last check your tire pressure stop by one of their local stores for a free tire safety and air pressure check discount tire let's get you taken care of let's move to b tier here this is wide receiver 10 brandon Ayuk at 11 debo samuel 12 Devonte adams 13 chris olave 14 nico collins 15 michael pittman and 16 stefan diggs there's a ton of disagreement in this tier debro is significantly higher than fits on both Ayuk and olave but the biggest disagreement is michael pittman debro is nine spots higher so debro what do you like about pittman in 2024 He's a baller. He's a volume hog. And I know that he is set to be an unrestricted free agent. I don't think the Colts let him out of the building. I don't think that it happens, considering especially the season that he put up, the the state of their passing attack right now. I mean, it, to be honest, guys, I, I we're, we're probably not giving Michael Pittman enough credit, considering I've got him at wide receiver 16. He was wide receiver 14 in points per game. And if anybody watched any of the Colts' uh, snaps this year, you understand that Gardner Minshew was passable as a quarterback, but he wasn't great. 
Anthony Richardson could take this offense to another level, especially with the deep ball next year. And I, I just believe in Pittman's talent. Fitz, not only do you not have Pittman ranked as high as Zebra does, you have him in the next tier, and in fact, at the bottom of the next tier, down at wide receiver 25. Why are you so low relative to where Debro is? All right, here are my issues with Pittman. Um, he averaged 10.6 yards per catch this year and 9.3 yards per catch in 2022. He's really kind of a short area, intermediate range guy. Like if if Anthony Richardson is flinging those deep balls next year, it's probably going to be Alec Pierce benefiting more than Michael Pittman. Um, Pittman has scored 15 touchdowns in 62 career games, and he's never had more than six touchdowns in a single season. So he's not a big play guy. He's not a prolific touchdown scorer. Um He's going to catch a lot of passes, so he's going to be more valuable in PPR leagues than standard or half point. But the Colts are not going to be pass happy with Anthony Richardson at quarterback. Like, I mean, I think if if Richardson plays 17 games, the over-under on his yardage is probably like, what, 3,300, 3,200? So, you know, as much as I like Pittman, and I, I think he's a quality wide receiver, I, I just I don't know that he's got a ceiling much above, like, 1100 1200 yards if he does in fact stay with the Colts and I agree like I don't think they're going to let him go I think they're going to tag him if they have to but um yeah just I don't think there's a lofty ceiling here you also did mention in there Fitz if Anthony Richardson plays 17 games I don't want to put too much on a guy call him injury prone or anything after one season but the way he runs he will need to adjust that if he wants to make it through more than one 17 game season because he he is kind of reckless out there and I know he's built I know he can take way way better hits than I sure can but uh you know he, he did have a, a much shortened rookie season so we'll see what kind of happens there with him in the get long him term. that Tua Tunga Vailoa jujitsu training and and teach yes. him how to fall but um you know he's a big dude so he's he's built to withstand some punishment you know it's just kind of unfortunate that his rookie season didn't really get off the ground but Still a lot to be excited about for sure. I was going to say, A-Rich has already got the thick training down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Fitz, uh, on the other hand of this, uh, you are nine spots higher on Devontae Adams for next year. What's your thinking there? Played most of the season with a rookie quarterback who was taken on day three of the draft and still had 100 catches, 1,100 yards, and eight touchdowns. So uh, if... Aiden O'Connell is still starting a quarterback for the Raiders. I'll probably wind up dropping Devontae Adams in the rankings, but I, I think they are going to endeavor to upgrade the position. Not sure how they're going to do that, but who knows? Maybe Kirk Cousins, maybe maybe Russell Wilson, maybe they draft someone, but um, I'm hoping that for Adams' sake, it's not another season of Aiden O'Connell. Debra, are you concerned about Adam's getting a little older, but mainly just the quarterback spot. I think my big concern all comes down to Aiden O'Connell. I I think there's a very real possibility that he could be their quarterback this year, especially if Antonio Pierce is or has already, depending on when you're listening to this, has already been named the head coach for the Raiders, assuming he comes back. We know what Antonio Pierce wants to do. They want to play defense. They want to run, 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 run the ball. And that's going to leave Devontae Adams very volatile. And especially that's the that's the hard part, Fitz. Like I, I I don't you mentioned Russell Wilson. Like, I don't know who's riding in on the horse to sit here and save this offense and save Devontae Adams. I think that probably the best case scenario is if Aaron Rodgers puts his GM cap on and says, I need Devontae Adams in New York, and that happens. But outside of that happening, I just, I have a hard time getting high on Adams and it has nothing to do with Adams. He has not dropped off at all. He is still a freaking stud, but quarterback plays a big concern. I think that's an interesting point, Debra, where there's not an obvious path to a great quarterback upgrade for Vegas. So I'll be really curious to see how they approach the position this offseason. Before I move off this tier, I do just want to ask, Fitz, you have Marvin Harrison Jr. here. You've got him wide receiver 11, a wide receiver one right off the bat. We don't know his landing spot yet. Obviously, he's never played a snap in the NFL. So, Dero, before I get Fitz's opinion on Harrison, I want to ask you, would you also have Harrison in this range if you had included rookies in your rankings? I would. I'd have him and, and probably Malik Neighbors both in the same kind of ilk, top 15, top 20 wide receivers, and 
guys, we've seen this for year after year after year after year, and everybody wants to push back on it. Rookie wide receivers are the truth. Eventually, if they don't, if they start slow, then they will be late season hammers. And if they start fast, wheels up. I still remember when everybody talked about, ah, man, you know those Jamar Chase ranks. They seem pretty spicy with him coming into the NFL, and he actually cannot catch footballs with stripes on them, if you were not aware of that. I remember all of that, and Jamar Chase body-bagged it. So, expecting a similarly talented, really, really good prospect to do the same thing? Yeah, it's a good bet to make. Fitz, you are actually significantly higher on Harrison than Neighbors, at least in terms of you know your your rankings for next season. Do you see a big gap between the two? I do. I, I like neighbors and I, I know a lot of people and people who are sort of draft analysts think that the gap is very narrow. I, I Malik neighbors played with the guy who won the Heisman trophy and um, Marvin Harrison jr. Was not playing with a particularly great college quarterback this year. Like it's going to sound like hyperbole, but Harrison does have hall of fame talent like size, speed, route running. He's a hard worker, great at contested catches. I mean, pretty much the total package. Worm, you and I are Big Ten guys. I mean, like, I watched a lot of Marvin Harrison, and, uh, like, my jaw was just on the floor every time I watched this guy play. He's astounding. So um, I like Malik Neighbors, but, yeah, for me, Marvin Harrison is pretty well ahead. It feels like every single year sir, there's some rookie receiver coming in who just torched Maryland for three straight years. And <laughs> I, I have to sit here and talk about them positively. But to your Hall of Fame point, you ask any scout, any draft analyst, any fantasy analyst who's into Dynasty, who's been watching Harrison for a while, and you ask them, he's the best wide receiver prospect since. Every name you hear is a Hall of Famer. There's, first of all, his Hall of Fame dad, but then it's A.J. Green, it's Julio Jones, it's Jamar Chase, who's still really early, but is obviously off to an amazing start. It's Larry Fitzgerald, it's Calvin Johnson. I mean, the names that get mentioned in the same breath as Marvin Harrison Jr. are, like, jaw-dropping, and it, he seems to be pretty flawless as a prospect. You never know oh. where he'll end up quickly. Debro, where's your, like, kind of top landing spot? Obviously, we expect him to go Oof. top five. Do you think he goes to the Patriots at three, or if they go to quarterback? I mean, I think the Cardinals would scoop him up, right? I mean, I think uh, also before I get into – uh landing spot here we also have to give a little bit of credence and a little shout out to brian hartline out of wide receiver you mm. considering how good the wide receivers and how just i mean come on man all these guys hit the nfl and they are polished polished route technicians at their finest a so shout out to brian hartline but um looking at the top of the board here i think the the easy place that just screams a landing spot is Arizona. I think that, you know, pairing Kyler Murray with um, Marvin Harrison, as well as Trey McBride and James Conner, you've got some really good pillars, especially in Trey McBride and Marvin Harrison that can propel that offense into this next iteration of Arizona. Are you trying to make Patriots fans cry, Debro? I mean, with all the whiffs they have had at the wide receiver position, you're not going to let them have Marvin Harrison Jr.? Come on, no, man. No, I mean, I'm not going to let them have them because I think that they uh, they go quarterback. So I think that if you don't go Marvin Harrison, Jane Daniels is a pretty good consolation there. W don't you wouldn't think so, it be Fitz? ironic if Belichick finally leaves and they get this generational wide receiver prospect? <laughs> In, it would be because that GM did not draft him. So, yes, it yeah. would make a lot of sense. Uh, uh, by the way, wide receiver you, I mean, Stephon Diggs, DJ Moore, Torrey Smith, Darius Hayward Bay. I'm just saying. That list falls off pretty but, fast. Like, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is football season, and you can now get almost anything you need for game day delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a lead blocker delivered, but you can get a block of cheese delivered. Hard hits, that's a no, but hard seltzer, that's a yes. And plastic cups are too. Need a triumphant win? Sorry, no can do. How about some tasty wings? You got it. A pick six? No. Celery sticks? Now that's a yes, along with a bottle of ranch for dipping. Really in need of some pass protection? Can't help you there. But some paper plates? No problem. They're on their way. 
How about a season ending with a ring? Sorry, no, you're on your own for that one. But a watch party with onion rings, Uber Eats can most definitely get you that. So make the most of the football season and get almost, almost anything for game day delivered with Uber Eats, official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Order now, alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Let's move to the C tier here. This is going to run from Mike Evans at wide receiver 17 through T. Higgins at wide receiver 26. Biggest discrepancy here is Rashi Rice. He's in tier three for Debro, up at wide receiver 11. Meanwhile, Fitz has him down at wide receiver 20. Fitz, let's start with you here. What do you think that disconnect is? Yeah, I don't want to diminish what Rasheed Rice has done in his rookie season. He's kind of a Debo Samuel Jr., just so terrific with the ball in his hands, but he's not really, he doesn't fit the classic wide receiver archetype. Like he's averaged 4.8 yards for his average depth of target this year. And um, like the Chiefs have been scheming up ways to get him the ball on little quick wide receiver screens, little hitches, um, easy completions that don't require much of Rasheed Rice as a route runner. And that's the thing, like they're going to go out and get more of a classic wide receiver this year, whether it's in the draft, free agency, maybe they get multiple wide receivers. The competition for targets at wide receiver is going to be stiffer for Rasheed Rice next year. It's not going to be with uh, Debro's guy, Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, uh, Justin Watson. Like they're going to be better wide receivers sharing the field with Rasheed Rice in 2024. Debro, you have Rice as a wide receiver one going into next season. So what is it that you are so much more excited about than Fitz's? I mean, I, I, I like talented players, and I think Rasheed Rice is definitely that. I mean, I heard all of these different things about Amon Ross St. Brown and his rookie season when he went on that run, and people said, oh, it's the injuries. There's nobody there. And, and oh, well, but he's getting checkdowns. He's running routes out of the backfield. It's kind of fluky stuff. And we heard a lot of the same things. And I, I'm just not in on that with Rasheed Rice. Like, I believe that the talent is real and what we saw out of him down the back half of the season. So since week, uh, so weeks 12 through 17, wide receiver eight in fantasy points per game. And I know Fitz and I have talked about a lot about the design targets. And Fitz just talk, brought up like how Kansas City has schemed the ball into his hands. Even if you take all of those away, if you take all of those away, since week 12, we're looking at Rasheed Rice. So if you take all the design targets away amongst 102 qualifying wide receivers, he ranks 13th in yards per route run, guys. 3.1 yards per route run. So to me, and his dot, if you take away the design targets, to Fitz's point, his dot jumps to 8.1. So I believe in the talent. I believe the usage is real and... Will my rank of him move depending on if they add somebody? Yes, but as of right now, we're forecasting it's just an if. Fitz, if they, let's say they they draft a first-round receiver, but they don't add like T. Higgins and free agency or anybody on that level, would you be inclined to maybe move Rice up a bit as the guy who will probably be the number one target in the offense next year? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it's someone like there are a lot of really good wide receivers in this That's class. True, yeah. So if they get someone at the end of the first round, like Keon Coleman, who I think is fantastic and might be available for the Chiefs like that, that would sort of fit what I'm talking about of uh, a, a guy who's like more of a, I don't know, classic alpha downfield receiver type. Fitz, you are much higher on, uh, than Debro on Jalen Waddle, wide receiver 13 compared to wide receiver 25. So you're buying a relative bounce back here, Pat? Yeah, I mean, he was wide receiver 24 this year, but, but banged up a little bit, had a high ankle sprain late in the year. Uh, I think he had a concussion early on. So 3,000-yard seasons, uh, three for three in that regard for Jalen Waddle. And really, like, the arrival of Tyreek Hill has not thwarted Waddle's production that much at all wide receiver 12 and fantasy points per game in 2022 and then the wide receiver 24 finish this year um Waddle's just a really good player and we've seen that with the efficiency in the two years with Tyreek Hill around 10.7 yards per target for Waddle and 2.5 almost 2.5 yards per route run um those are just insane efficiency numbers he's just a really really good player Debra what's missing for you on Waddle 
I mean, a lot of just what we saw for most of the year. I mean, before Tyreek Hill uh, popped up with the ankle issue in week 12, weeks 1 through 11, I mean, we're looking at Jalen Waddle was wide receiver 27 fantasy points per game. So did he have a strong finish to the season that helped his end of the season numbers? Absolutely. But you're looking at a guy that also, even if we just parse out how many games over, what, 18 fantasy points and PPR that he had this year, I mean, you can name them on one hand. It's one, two three, four games over 18 points. So this year, honestly, Jalen Waddle's floor was dropped out. Now, could he still produce the ceiling games because he's really stinking good? Yes. But we saw this passing attack con condense more around Tyreek Hill. So to be honest, the more I think about it, and the more we kind of like go through this thought exercise of 2044 ranks, I think that I should probably move Waddle up into the bottom end of wide receiver two, because if I am a little bit lower on Tyree kill, then ipso facto, I probably should be a little bit higher on Jalen Waddle. Our goal every year is a perfect draft, but what if I told you you could attempt a perfect draft for the 2023 season right now? Can you draft the perfect 2023 team? Enter the perfect draft challenge at fantasypros.com slash perfect draft. It's a 12-team half PPR draft with best ball style scoring. Aim for the top of our leaderboards and a chance to win a five-year subscription to Fantasy Pros. Go to fantasypros.com slash perfect draft and start drafting now. You have to hurry. The contest closes February 1st. Again, in case you didn't hear me, a five-year subscription to Fantasy Pros is what you could win here. So definitely check that out, the perfect draft challenge at Fantasy Pros. Let's move to the D tier. This is Zay Flowers at wide receiver 27, all the way through Cortland Sutton at wide receiver 40. Now, Debro, you are nine spots higher on Zay Flowers and 13 spots higher on Christian Watson than Fitz is on those two guys. But the biggest disagreement in this tier by far is Jackson Smith and Jigba. In fact, I believe it's the biggest discrepancy of any player we're talking about on the show today. Debro, you have JSN up in tier four at wide receiver 26, while Fitz has him down in tier six at wide receiver 41. Debro, why are you so high on a JSN bounce back in 2024? I mean, we talked about good players coming out of wide receiver. You, uh, JSN, still fits that role. He's still extremely talented. And part of the forecasting in 2024 is I think Seattle moves on from Tyler Lockett. I think that this passing attack condenses down to DK Metcalf. That's why right now I have DK Metcalf as my wide receiver 13 and why I have JSN as high as I do. I think that Tyler Lockett gets cut. I think that they move this passing attack to, okay, let's make it simple, baby. DK Metcalf versus single high, JSN versus two high. Let's go. Wow, we know how, who to target when they have big games, and that's the way that I projected the passing game for 2024. Fitz, like I said, you have him down in tier six, wide receiver 41 for JSN. Is this just a situational ranking? Yeah, um, Tyler Lockett, I, I believe he's still under contract, and if they do cut him, then I'll probably move him up considerably and be closer to Debro because uh, like I don't want to be the naysayer on Jackson Smith and Jig but the guy is insanely talented and I think he's going to be a star but yes right now if the situation remains the same and it's a three-man show with Matt Calf, JSN and Lockett and Geno Smith at quarterback who's probably if we're being honest not good enough to uh, elevate three wide receivers into uh, you know like weekly must start fantasy guys. So, um, yeah, if, if they release Lockett and it's just Metcalf and JSN, I'm in. Fitz, sticking with you, you are higher on a couple of guys here, including 11 spots higher than Debro on Cortland Sutton. But the guy I want to ask you about is Terry McLaurin. You've got him wide receiver 28. Debro's got him down at wide receiver 37. So, Fitz, are you buying into a huge step up given the expected new quarterback in Washington, likely, you know, with that number two pick, also a potential, you know, coaching upgrade? I mean, a very likely coaching coaching upgrade, no matter who they land on. Are you just thinking we're going to see a bounce back here from McLaurin? Yeah, I think so. And, and quarterbacking is a big part of that. It was really strange that for much of the season, Sam Howell was leading the NFL in pass attempts and completions, and yet Terry McLaurin was not really going over for fantasy football. Like he was not, if you would have been told early in the year that Sam Howell was going to be leading the league in completions, and uh, like when would you have wanted to draft Terry McLaurin? Third round, second round? Um, so it's, 
strange that he didn't pop, and I think part of it was because Sam Howell is more comfortable throwing to the middle of the field than to the boundaries. So hopefully they'll get a quarterback who's more aggressive about um, – like we saw what Jacoby Brissett did for Terry McLaurin in brief spurts at the end of the regular season. So hopefully whoever they have quarterbacking them is going to do that because there's no doubt whatsoever about Terry McLaurin's talent. Like he has passed the eye test since he came into the league. Like he's been terrific. He just needs the right quarterback to help him uh, become a, a you know at least a wide receiver too. Debro, would your outlook on McLaurin change? Uh, you know, if we knew they were going to get one of these hot shot offensive head coaches, like I'll use Ben Johnson as a placeholder. If Ben Johnson is the next head coach of Washington and they use that number two pick on a quarterback, do you think you'll move up McLaurin in your rankings? Debro, I think you're muted. Well, that's a lovely, lovely little. Uh... <laughs> thing for me to do very great boomer boomer spot for me but anyway uh now giving where people can actually hear the take yeah i mean my concern about terry mclaurin is uh comes down to some of the quarterback stuff it also comes down to i mean we talked about this and fitz uh discussed this we'll talk about michael pittman terry mclaurin hasn't been a touchdown scorer i mean if you look over since his rookie season four five five four touchdowns and he's not gotten a lot of red zone usage so could those things change? Absolutely. But we're also talking about a guy that has not been a prolific touchdown scorer in the NFL. Um, he's not exactly young. I mean, we're going into age 29 season, which I think people don't know that Terry McLaurin is actually that old, considering he came in uh, to the NFL as an older prospect. So there's just a lot of uncertainty with this. But if they get the offensive minded head coach, they draft somebody like, let's just say Drake May, where they're sitting at then will I bump McLaurin up my ranks? Yes. Fitz, before we move on to the next player, I want to ask you, on the coaching stuff, there was a lot of excitement for Eric Bieniemy in Washington to be calling plays, for his side to be out of the shadow of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but also in Washington. Hey, he's got some fun receivers to play with. There's some degree of talent in Sam Howell. What can he do with this offense? And obviously it was a fantasy disappointment. Do you think that, again, using Ben Johnson as just sort of a placeholder, is that a huge step up over Eric Bieniemy, or is it more just the quarterback holding him back? I think it was more about the quarterback. Hard to hard to judge Bieniemy's performance with Sam Howell at quarterback, and asking Sam Howell to throw that much when that is not a guy who you should be uh, letting it rip forty five times a game. Now, Debro, you are actually much higher, you know, on the flip side of this, on Jahan Dotson. Then Fitz is you're about 15 spots higher further down in the rankings. You know, you still have McLaurin ahead of Dotson, but you guys are kind of reversed there. Do you think that, you know, let, again, let's say it's Drake May and Ben Johnson in Washington. Will you be giving a second chance to Jahan Dotson after he was such a disappointment this year? I will, uh, because I think that the the reality of Jahan Dotson as an NFL player is probably somewhere in the in-between. I don't think that he's quite as good as what we maybe saw in the stretch run of his rookie season, but I don't think he's as bad as what we saw in the sophomore year. And some of those things do come down to quarterback play. And I mean, the wide receivers in whatever offense, I mean, take Nico Collins, for example, he can't throw the freaking ball to himself. So he's beholden to the level of quarterback play that is in that offense. So with Jahan Dotson, yeah, we've seen the flashes just, they could be more, consistent if the quarterback play improves Fitz, you have Jahan Dotson ranked so low he's not even in our next tier that we're talking about he's wide receiver 63 for you that's an area where you're not even really taking you know a flyer on him at the end of drafts are you just completely out on Dotson after his disappointing sophomore season or are you willing to buy back in if the circumstance changes I still like him we as Debro said we have seen flashes, but we haven't seen him consistently deliver the goods as we've seen with Terry McLaurin. So if he gets Drake May or or some other quarterback upgrade that we're happy about and, uh, you know, like May, the buzz is good on uh, a rookie quarterback or, you know, if, if Washington solves the QB problem some other way to our satisfaction, then maybe I'll inch Dotson up. But I I kind of want to get a show me season from him before I, I buy in again. 
Let's go to the F tier here. Tyler Lockett at wide receiver 41, all the way through Elijah Moore at wide receiver 54. That last name, Elijah Moore, is the only player in this entire tier of 14 names that Pat is significantly higher on than Debro. He's got more at wide receiver 51. Debro has him down at wide receiver 63. So, Fitz, the caveat being that you, know, you don't love anybody in this tier because they're ranked this low, but relative to being in this tier, what do you like so much about Elijah Moore? I am still keeping a candle of hope lit for uh, Elijah Moore. <sighs> there was that spectacular stretch in his rookie year with the Jets where he was like wide receiver four over like a five or six game stretch. And he was doing it with like Mike White and Josh Johnson, at quarterback. Um, and I know that stretch is getting further and further in the rearview mirror. Um, like we still see little flashes where he runs a route that leaves a defender in the dust or like does something after the catch or makes like some nice grab on the sidelines. But man, uh, admittedly, the metrics have not been good. He averaged 6.2 yards per target and 1.07 yards per route run this year. Those are pretty bad numbers. His PFF grade was bad. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the candle has melted down. It's, it's kind of at the nub <laughs> now, but Still burning faintly, um, you know. I'm I'm willing to take a shot at him late, late, late in drafts. Blow it out, Fitz. Blow the hope candle out. <laughs> you just need to blow it out, extinguish it. It's now turned into a fire hazard, and it could burn the house down. Because yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like that truth record needs to just rip it up, baby. Like, and people could look at my, my ranking for Elijah Moore as being blasphemous. I have a, what is it, Worm? Wide receiver 63. He's so far yeah. down, I can barely see him right now. But he was wide receiver 61 this last season in fantasy points per game. I'm just trying to deal with the reality that 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 that, that poof, that tiny little bit of hope in that stretch is gone for Elijah Moore. Yeah, I mean, we talk a lot on this show, Debro, you more than anybody about like the Amon Ra, late season rookie breakout. Rasheed Rice this year, late season rookie breakout. This is the cautionary tale of when that doesn't carry over and, and you know, pretend big things in the future. So just something to keep in mind. I don't think Rasheed Rice and Elijah Moore are similar players, of course. But, uh, you know, like I said, this is a bit of a cautionary tale. Now, Debro, you are higher on a bunch of guys in this tier. Uh, seven spots higher on Josh Downs than Fitz's, nine spots higher on Romeo Dobbs, 10 spots higher on Rashid Shahid, but the biggest discrepancy is Adam Thielen. I was surprised to see this one, honestly. Debro, you have him wide receiver 42. Fitz has him down at wide receiver 58. Debro, what are you seeing in the maybe ageless Adam Thielen? I don't even know if that's accurate. I, I didn't think that. I didn't think that we get to a point where apparently I'm the Adam Thielen truther, but th this is where we're at. I just, I look at it, the volume's got to go somewhere in Carolina. Jonathan Mingo's not it. DJ Chark isn't it. I want to say he's gone after this year. I think it was a one-year deal, but he's going to get volume, and there's only so far down the wide receiver ranks that I could push him if he's going to get volume in this offense as probably their de facto wide receiver one. It's not pretty, but eh. Fitz, if I could just preface your Adam Thielen hate, I want to read you his game logs after his week <laughs> seven bye this oh, last season. Go. Great start to the year. You here know, after we week six, he was an excellent receiver. He had three top five finishes. Starting week eight after that bye on, he finished in half PPR, wide receiver, 31, 48, 40, 24, 119, 50, 29, 50, 24, 48, and 89. Fitz, <sighs> it, I mean, tell me why we should be agreeing with that game log and not liking Adam Thielen. Zero touchdowns over his last 11 games. 45.9 yards per game over his last 11 games. 6.5 yards per target. Uh, no, thanks. And I, I love that Debro, like at the top of the show, mentioned that Tyreek Hill was hitting 30 and like here he's trying to slide <laughs> yeah. it. Adam Thielen, who's going to be 34 in August and is like about to get his AARP card. Uh, like we're not going to say anything about his age. Like he was starting to fade at the end of his career in Minnesota. And yeah, like he did give us that little faint whiff of hope early on, but um, even though I know the Panthers burned a lot of draft capital to get Bryce Young, like this draft is going to be so deep at wide receiver, they're still going to get another wide receiver. 
who might come in and and add to the mix there. So, um, yeah, I, I just like even on the basis of Thielen, maybe uh, just out of necessity getting targets, I, I can't include him in my top fifty. Debra, we should be paying attention when Fitz talks about the old guys because he knows a thing or two about getting his AARP card. What, 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 what was that ten years ago for you, buddy? When you got yours? Or... Oh, Fitz gets strays, man. Oh, worm! I'm I'm Peter Pan. I never get old. What are you talking about? I think Fitz would agree. He set himself up for that. Uh, let's go to our "Would You Rather" segment we teased at the top of the show. I'm just gonna throw. Quick comparison between two guys for you guys. These are mostly side-by-side in ECR, all in the same tier. So just quick thoughts on who you'd prefer. You're on the clock on draft day. Which guy are you clicking on? Uh, Starting off in the S tier, CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver two, or Justin Jefferson, wide receiver three. Fitz, what do you think? I've got Jefferson higher right now, but I reserve the right to change my mind based on what the Vikings do at quarterback in the offseason. Mike McCarthy is coming back, by the way, to the Cowboys. That was announced, you know, today, mm-hmm. the day we're recording. So he, uh, you know, for whatever that means for CeeDee Lamb, Mike McCarthy will still be there running that offense. Debro, Lamb or Jefferson for you? Lamb is my wide receiver one overall. He finished wide receiver one in points per game this year. I'm going Lamb. Next here, A.J. Brown, wide receiver six, or Garrett Wilson, wide receiver seven. I'll start with you, Debro. I'm going to go Garrett Wilson. Assuming Aaron Rodgers comes back, we saw him operate as the Devontae Adams in that offense. It was just so putrid with the quarterback play that it depressed all of his numbers. But can he be that guy? Was he that guy? Yep. I'm going Garrett Wilson. Fitz? A.J. Brown for me, two straight 1,400-yard seasons, size, speed, the guy's the total package. My my concern about Garrett Wilson, like, it's going to be a slow-paced offense with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, and that defense is so good, I don't see the Jets getting into a lot of shootouts next year. Fitz, sticking with you, a couple of 49, 49ers receivers back-to-back. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver 10, or Debo Samuel, wide receiver 11? Oh, man, it's like two ice cream flavors that I, <laughs> I really like, and I can't choose between them. Like, really different, but both really good. You've got the the guy who's just, you know, maybe the toughest guy to bring down with the ball in his hands of any player in the league in Debo Samuel, and then Ayuk, who's just this uh, blossoming superstar who's just good at, like, every facet of playing the wide receiver position. Um, I've got Debo wide receiver 15 and Ayuk wide receiver 16. They're, they're rankings twins for me. I like can't separate the two. It's a, a coin toss basically. Debra. Brandon Ayuk is the chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream of wide receivers. He's amazing. I'm going with him. <laughs> I don't know that that would be my like top choice of ice cream. It's it's really good. Oh, fine. But... Give me, give me your top choice of ice cream. I mean, you're going to be wrong in this, but go ahead. So I, I, I actually for many summers worked at a Ben and Jerry's. So I have something of a refined palate oh, get, for no, ice cream. That doesn't count. That doesn't um, mean anything. They, they have a s'mores ice cream that is to die Ooh. for. They had this, my favorite ice cream of all time. It was a limited edition. They don't make it anymore, but it was goodbye. Yellow brickle road. It was chocolate ice cream with butter brickle, um, white, like chocolate chip cookie dough chunks Ooh. and Jeez. like peanut butter. It was, it was, that sounds amazing. amazing. Okay, fine. That, that, uh, that, like, that I, can be contention. I cannot speak highly <laughs> enough of that. It doesn't exist anymore. If it did, I would buy every pint in the world. Uh, next, next, would you rather Devonte Smith wide receiver 25 or T Higgins wide receiver 26 D bro. I'm going with Smitty. Give me slim Reaper. I know what I'm getting out of him. I know the offense, the quarterback. We still don't know what's going to happen with T Higgins. Gwen Smith. Fitz. Devonta Smith, too, but uh, just watch. There is going to be an ADP frenzy for T. Higgins unless people are just uh, aghast at, like, a really bad landing spot. Like, if the landing spot is considered decent at all, his ADP is going to skyrocket whenever he signs with everyone hoping he can be a wide receiver one. The thing is, a lot of soft tissue injuries for T. Higgins. I'm a little worried about that. What if he stays with, with Cincinnati, Fitz? Do you think he, he it, it gets depressed? Yeah, I think so. I, okay. I think that would be a letdown for a lot of people that he would still be in Jamar Chase's shadow. Come. Zay Flowers, wide receiver 27, or Calvin Ridley, wide receiver 28, Fitz? I have Ridley higher, and I know his season was considered a, a disappointment by a lot of people, especially with the, the draft frenzy around him in August. But uh, still at 1,000 yards, still at eight touchdowns. Um, It'll be interesting to see where he lands. Landing spot's going to definitely matter in how we perceive him. Um, I'm I'm not sure what to make of Flowers. Really explosive, but 
he had a really nice setup this year with Mark Andrews out for almost half the year and like older model Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman and Nelson Aguilar as his target competition and just still didn't really click the way I thought he was going to. Debra, what do you think about that uh, Ridley versus Flowers? I'm going Flowers, man. I think that we didn't see the breakout until too late in the season for, and I think people can miss that, but in four of his final five games, 19.6 or higher PPR points. So if that breakout would have happened or we saw him put those types of numbers up starting in, say, week nine, week eight, I think people would be looking at Zay Flowers differently. Yeah, my opinion on Zay Flowers going into next season will be very largely determined by how the Ravens approach the position this offseason. Shaw Bateman never quite got there, obviously. Odell Beckham's not even under contract for next year. He's also getting older. I mean, Mark Andrews getting older to a degree. I won't be surprised if they draft another first-round receiver. Maybe they target somebody in you know free agency. Whatever they do at the position will be a really large factor for me in evaluating whether or not I think we're going to see a sophomore breakout, you know, continued breakout for Zay Flowers. Last, would you rather hear Mike Williams at wide receiver 43 or Gabe Davis at wide receiver 45? Fitz? Battle of the feast or famine wide receivers. I've got Mike Williams ranked like two spots higher. Debra? I'm going to go Big Mike. Uh, it's Mike Williams for me. And this comes down to, yes, the age, yes, the the injury stuff. But we've seen iterations out of Mike Williams where he has been a high-end target earner. We've never seen that out of Gabe Davis. So for me, we know who these two guys are at this point in their careers. Gabe Davis is not a target earner. So give me Mike. We will get out of there on that. Fitz is running late for the early bird special at his local <laughs> diner. Uh, we, will, we will be back next week uh, with uh, the quarterbacks. I think it's coming up next week. So get ready for those tears for Fitz and Debro. I am Ryan Warmly. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Love free coffee. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.